Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm your host, Ashley Sanchez, and filling in for co-host Aaron Keller today is Bobby Jones. Bobby, you're a podcast regular at this point. You're our outdoor connection coordinator, and I thought you'd be the perfect person to help me out today, so thank you. Well, thanks for having me. I feel like I'm moving from rookie to amateur since we have headphones on today. You really, we've only been on Zoom together. (laughs) Only Zoom. (laughs) We're in the podcast room today. So pretty exciting stuff. And on top of that, it is Latino Conservation Week. Very exciting week. And to celebrate, we wanted to bring on Jessica Godinez. She is part of the conservation team at the Hispanic Access Foundation. Jessica, we are so happy to have you joining us over the phone because you're in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me on, Ashley. Of course. We're really excited to have you. And um, as I said, we're part of the reason we're doing this is because we want to celebrate Latino Conservation Week. But on top of it, we were looking at your organization. And it's just one that I was like, we, we have to spotlight this. I love the work you guys do. So for people who aren't aware, can you give us a little background on what the Hispanic Access Foundation is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I've uh, had the pleasure of working with Hispanic Access for um, a little over two years now, about two and a half years. And um, we're a national nonprofit that is technically based in D.C., but have a fully remote staff um, since we do work nationally um, with a lot of partners across the country. Um, And our, our ultimate mission really is to connect Latinos and others with partners and opportunities to improve lives and create an equitable society. Um, you know, our, our goal and our vision is that one day every Latino individual and every individual in general um, will enjoy good physical health and a healthy natural environment, a high-quality education, economic success, and civic engagement in his or her community. Um, and the way that we kind of achieve that mission and that vision is through a few different departments that make up the organization, um, including a really impactful workforce development program where we have partnerships with Um, I think all of the federal land management agencies at this point, and we're able to place interns with them um, in pretty rigorous internship positions with the goal of, um, you know, diversifying the workforce and placing some of these students in um, in permanent jobs with, you know, agencies like National Park Service, U.S. Forest Service, BLM, um, really all of them. Um, Additionally, we work a lot with our, um, through our Hispanic Leadership Network with a lot of faith leaders across the country to be able to provide opportunities um, for trainings and um, different different types of opportunities and able to equip that community with the right resources to get ahead in this country. And um, and finally, the, the conservation program, which is the program that I work in, um, we host Latino Conservation Week every year, which you mentioned a little bit. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about a little later Um, But additionally to Latino Conservation Week, we do a lot of different community engagement throughout the year, um, including different efforts to get our community involved in outdoor recreation opportunities, conservation and stewardship opportunities, um, and even some like advocacy efforts as well. Um, So we really focus on community engagement, advocacy efforts, 
um, and we also put out a good amount of research and have a decent amount of white papers out there where we're really able to, um, you know, not only do the community engagement, but um, really create that bridge again between our community and um, other conservation opportunities. So really looking at, at more of that data and, and research behind all of it as well. So cool. Such great work you're doing. And Bobby, did you have any questions you wanted to? I see you jotting I was, notes. I was here. jotting <laughs> some notes, but I, I'm laughing in my head because a lot of what you're working on is things that we'd like to do, right? Provide more opportunities. And I know, um, and we're going to probably jump into this, but Latino Conservation Week, one of the primary goals is just to encourage people to get out and participate in any form of outdoor recreation, whether it's, you know, visiting a park with family whether it's going bicycling, what you know, all, all these different things, and um, it's just really exciting stuff. And I guess I would ask is, could you um, just lay it on us a little bit more of what um, Latino Conservation Week looks like across the country, and, and maybe some of the events or or things that um, are you're particularly excited about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Latino Conservation Week is. Um, you know, I, I'll admit I'm a little bit biased, but one of my favorite weeks of the year, and, you know, I have the pleasure of getting to lead that that effort um, on behalf of Hispanic Access. And it, it started back in 2014, um, like you said, really as, as just a way for us to be able to dedicate, you know, at least a week during the year, during the summer, to provide these opportunities to our community. Um, but more than that, um, really be able to highlight the contributions of the Latino community and the conservation movement throughout the years. Um, you know, I think that there's a misconception out there that our community isn't super involved in conservation, and uh, maybe that's not what the traditional narrative of the outdoors uh, that we that we see every day represents. But um, we're definitely here. You know, our community has been um, participating in conservation efforts and outdoor recreation opportunities. Um, you know, for for as long as we've been here and throughout this week, we get to elevate those leaders and those community voices that have been doing this important work on the ground um, and um, just really be able to highlight that. Um, in addition to getting together and celebrating our community outdoors, right, and going on hikes and camping trips and um, just really being able to come together in community outside um, so it, it's, it's been really cool to watch how Latino Conservation Week has grown over the years. Um, again, we started back in 2014, and I think that first year we had something like 14 events and just a handful of partners, and each year we get a little bit bigger. And um, this year, you know, we're still seeing new events get added to the website, even, you know, halfway through Latino Conservation Week. But we've reached, you know, over 180 events that have been uploaded on the website, um, over 200 partners get involved with Latino Conservation Week every year now. Um, and, you know, what what that looks like is just, it's really kind of incredible how diverse and how much variety there there is that falls within LCW, um, especially now that we're, you know, living through a pandemic and have had to get creative and how we can um, really capture what Latino Conservation Week is and the beauty of this week. Um, in, a, in a hybrid kind of space, right, where we're not only going outdoors, but also turning to the virtual world to um, to stay engaged. Um, so, again, like, there's, there's just so many different types of events, and um, I think that's one of the, the beautiful things is that there's no one right way to get involved in the outdoors, to get involved in conservation, and um, LCW has really come to highlight that. Um, we see events that include, again, the, the traditional, like, hiking trips, 
camping trips, a lot of times uh, we'll uh, see those events, be connected to something like uh, one of my favorites is uh, Trail of Itacos, right? We go on a hike together as a community, as a family, and then we enjoy some tacos and celebrate the way that um, the way that our community shows up in the outdoors. And beyond that, we see different um, educational events happening. You know, we'll see webinars that um, are really talking about conservation efforts and even diving into advocacy efforts for conservation and climate change. Um, we'll see a lot of different types of film screenings. Um, now we see a lot of social media engagement, things like Instagram Lives and um, you know, just being creative in that social media space as well. So, um, you know, I feel like I just kind of threw a lot at you, but it, no. there really is just so much that goes into LCW, and there's a little bit of something for everybody. And uh, again, there's no one right way to participate in this week and be a part of conservation in general. And uh, this is really a, a great opportunity for us to highlight that. We love it. We love all of the information you're giving us. So we're just happy to have you on and talking about this. Um, I did want to ask, I wish I had planned this out better. I'm going to admit to everyone, I didn't plan this out. I realized that you are the week, like by the time some people are hearing this, this week could be over. But as you said, this is an annual event. So be sure to check it out next year. But what else can people look forward to? I mean, beyond Latino Conservation Week um, that you guys are working on. Yeah, um, so like you said, it's an annual event. happens the third week in July every year, and it's never too late or too early to get involved in the planning or, um, you know, start creating buzz around it. So even if LCW has passed by the time you're listening to this, um, it's definitely not too late to look into it. A lot of the virtual programming that happens during the week is recorded and captured, so it's still out there. Um, so it's always worth, uh, you know, reaching out to the organizers and, and still being able to, um, you know, attend some of these, at least the virtual programming that happens. But um, like you said, it, it uh, we have lots of programming that goes on during the week. And I think ultimately, you know, uh, we want to get the message across that, like, yes, we organize this one specific week in July every year. Um, and it's a great week to highlight. And, you know, that's kind of a big focus. But the idea and the message behind it isn't something that has to be limited to a week. Uh, so it, it really is, um, I guess, you know, all the messages and, and everything that comes from LCW is something that we hope our community is inspired to continue being a part of throughout throughout the year, you know, regardless of if it's LCW or not. Um, so at least, I, you know, I know on behalf of Hispanic Access, we also do a good amount of programming for Hispanic Heritage Month, which is coming up in the fall. Um, it's always September 15th through October 15th. Um, uh, last year, or actually this past year too, we um, hosted our first annual Latino Advocacy League, um, which we kind of, uh, I guess, created a little bit like Latino Conservation Week in the sense that um, it's a week long dedicated to um, celebrating the Latino community being involved in advocacy and providing advocacy opportunities. Um, so that um, started happened for the first time this year in 2021, but will continue to happen next year. So that's also something else to keep an eye out for. Um, it'll likely be in late March again this year. Um, and our partners too, you know, uh, so the latinoconservationweek.com website is actually where all of our partners upload their events that are going on throughout the week. And, you know, these are all organizations and partners that, um, again, like Hispanic Access are doing this work throughout the year. 
Um, so while the big buzz happens in July, I you know encourage folks to visit that website, see who some of these partners are in your area who are super involved in LCW, and um, you know see what else they're they're working on during not just the week but throughout the entire year, and and how you can get involved with them. Um, you know, there's a lot of really great organizations participating, um, including national organizations like Latino Outdoors. Um, and, you know, now we see participation from, like, National Park Service, too. Uh, they have a whole, a whole highlight on their website for Latino Conservation Week, which is really, really quite cool to see. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I would just encourage folks to check that out and, and see who the people are involved in LCW because um, I guarantee that they are definitely involved in some other really great efforts throughout the rest of the year. Exactly. So could you say that website one more time? Because I definitely want to help you to encourage people to get on that website. That's where we learned all about this. And it's an awesome website, lots of great information. So one more time, what is that website? Yeah, so um, easy to remember, it's just latinoconservationweek.com. And that's where you'll find the archive of events from the past, all of the events from this year, um, again, all those partners and um, just a lot of really great resources that can help you understand how you can get involved, um, no matter where in the country you are and, uh, you know, no matter in, in what capacity you'd like to get involved. Exactly. Well, thank you, Jessica. Um, that does it for the first half, but we're going to be right back. And I, I want to get into a little bit of your background. So we will be doing that right after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we have Jessica Godinez. She is part of Hispanic Access Foundation, and we are celebrating Latino Conservation Week. Um, During the break, we were talking about what an interesting year it's been bobby you're 15 months into your position so you started right at the beginning of the pandemic do you want to elaborate on what we were discussing during the break yeah well we we closed the break talking about the latino conservation week website and i was just gonna say i was on there um looking over it's a mapping tool and you can see events that are taking place um throughout the country um this year and then also past events and laughing that we had actually done an event in 2019 in las vegas and that you know, it's just been a tricky couple of um, summers, I guess, up to this point now. And I was reading up on your group and just how you've dealt with the last couple of years and what you're looking forward to. And I was just going to ask you, um, Jessica, you know, what that looked like um, and what was, you know, was the best thing you saw through it or um, any interesting stories that you have with working through the pandemic? Yeah, thanks for that question, Bobby. It was um uh, like we were saying, a, a definitely a very interesting experience um, going through LCW. And um, on a personal level, 2019 was my first year in this position. So it was my first LCW um, from from this side of it, right, from the organizing side. And um, that year was really great. And, um, you know, kind of leading up to the pandemic, Latino Conservation Week was primarily something that happened in person, on the ground, and was made up a lot of, um, you know, I think there was, if we want to put a percentage to it, like 99% of the events happened in person and, you know, actually in, in, 
and community together. So uh, when 2020 hit and, you know, we're seeing just, you know, kind of being forced into this virtual environment, we definitely had to kind of be creative and, and reevaluate how Latino Conservation Week translates into this virtual space. Um, so we did end up going totally virtual. And, um, you know, I think like, like everyone experienced, we weren't quite sure what it was going to look like or what was going to happen. It was definitely something that, um, you know, kind of came together one day at a time. But um, I think overall our experience ended up um, actually being kind of great with it. Um, I, you know, in 2019, we saw like, I think 165 events happening and they were all mostly in person. Um, so 2020 going totally virtual, we expected to see um, a dip in, in those events, you know, just, just given the nature of it. But our community showed up and we hosted, I think it, we still had over 115 events happen and they all happened virtually. And it was really, um, you know, honestly quite inspiring to see how our community used the opportunity to be really creative with how we engage people online. You know, it was more than just panel discussions and the, the typical webinars that you would expect. It was things like putting activity packets together to send out to families. Um, you know, we had one really great team uh, put together some activity boxes that had like an activity for each day of Latino Conservation Week that families were able to register for and receive in the mail and, and participate in. Um, so in addition to kind of seeing the creativity explode from our community, um, I think it also kind of opened our eyes to another way that we can engage the community around conservation. And, um, you know, so much of Latino Conservation Week is about highlighting our community and breaking down those barriers of access that our community faces when it comes to conservation efforts and when it comes to outdoor recreation. And um, last year, and the success that we experienced in a virtual environment really showed us that, hey, by going virtual, this is actually a, another great way to break down that barrier of access um, when it comes to geographic location, right? You know, there's so many great events that happen um, for example, in California, somebody on the East Coast isn't going to be able to participate in that. And, um, you know, we're still growing, so we don't see events happening in, in every single state. Um, and, you know, having having only events happening in person, um, there's a lot of people watching the social media and, and watching online that, you know, wanted to get involved. So um, it really kind of helped us see that it was another opportunity to engage more of our community and engage more people and um, make it make conservation even more accessible. Um, so we definitely learned from that. It was, I think, uh, this year everyone is excited to get outside again, and um, things are still kind of weird out there. So we don't we didn't see, um, it, you know, more or less than one specific type of event. But now we we're in this space of just a really beautiful hybrid event where we see a lot of in-person programming happening, but also a lot of social media engagement happening, also a lot of webinars and virtual programming happening. And, um, you know, I think it, it, it ultimately ended up being something good for Latino Conservation Week to be able to expand in this way. Um, and I guess the, the final thing that I would say on that is that last year, um, you know, it, it, it being the year that it was and you know, still experiencing some of the effects of, of everything that's happened in the past year. Um, again, our community showed up, you know, our social media presence prior to 2020 was, it was there, it existed, but definitely something that we wanted to continue to grow. Um, and 2020, I guess, you know, everybody is stuck inside and spending more time on social media and trying to get involved in this way. And, and social media should do well for us. And 
um, became a really great way for us to see our community on the ground, see the impact that LCW has on people, and um, really be able to hear more of those stories and see more of those stories um, through through social media. And it is awesome to see the engagement this year. I um, looked up, There's you said there's a few hashtags during the break. We were talking about it. We'll get back to those in a second. But just the engagement on social media, it's so fun to check out what all of the different agencies across the nation are posting. Um, so it's just been really fun to see this week. Jessica, what are those hashtags so that people could check them out and see all that engagement? Yeah, um, so it's definitely really fun. I love watching it. So I would recommend following the hashtag, um, hashtag Latino Conservation Week and hashtag LCW2021. Um, we see folks use both of them. I think if I had to pick one, it would be the hashtag Latino Conservation Week. Um, definitely give it a follow. Check it out. We're also on uh, on social media as Latino Conservation Week, but that hashtag is really where where you get to connect with our community and, and really hear those stories firsthand. Um, so I would definitely encourage you all to look at those. Yep, definitely check out those stories, but also go to the actual page and give it a like and follow. <laughs> so that way yeah, definitely. you could continue to see events happening in the future. Um, and then switching gears a little bit, you had said that you were pretty new to Hispanic Access Foundation when the pandemic started. I kind of just wanted an idea of your background and how you got involved um, with Hispanic Access Foundation. Yeah, so um, I graduated from university back in 2017, and um, it's actually kind of funny. So my um, conservation and environmental science did make up part of my degree, but my, my overall degree is global affairs with concentrations in the environment. Um, so it's kind of a, an interesting hybrid degree. And um, I actually, you know, had totally different plans when I graduated that didn't work out. Um, but I found this really great opportunity, a really great internship opportunity to um, work with the Forest Service out in Colorado um, as an interpretive field ranger and um, doing community engagement. So I kind of jumped on that opportunity, got landed that internship, um, spent a year and a half out in Colorado working on that before going full-time with Hispanic Access. Um, but I guess what kind of brought us together was that internship because that internship was um, actually part of the Mono Project, um, that internship program that I was mentioning earlier that Hispanic Access runs. Um, so I got involved with Hispanic Access through the internship program as an intern. And after a year and a half of that, I you know, got an email that Hispanic Access was actually hiring and, um, you know, again, jumped on that opportunity and now got to join the team that got me started in the conservation world and um, now get to help, you know, contribute to LCW again behind the scenes as opposed to as an intern organizing an event. Such. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a cool position for me to be in to really, you know, have have my start through the internship program, watch that internship program grow, and now be able to, you know, work with our partners and our interns on on some of the, the programming that the conservation program does. Very cool. I love your story, too. It was kind of, as you said, an unexpected route you ended up taking. How has it been just overall? I mean, you're making a huge impact in your role. How how has it been? Um, you know, it's been it's been really great, and I I, I think that this this work of um, building access is definitely not without its challenges and in, in the present political landscape and everything that's going on. But what stands out the most to me about this work is just 
the community involved in this work and the amazing leaders and, and community organizers that I've gotten to meet as part of this work is just amazing. Um, you know, the, the staff here at Hispanic Access does a lot of really great work, but um, the network that we're connected to, um, including, you know, the faith leaders, the interns, all of the different partner community organizations that we work with across the country um, are just are, are built by such interesting and amazing people who are all super passionate about this work. And um, that community that I've been able to build through being involved in this work, is um, it just means the world to me. You know, I, I am a first-generation Latina here in the U.S., and um, I, being able to be connected to others who share similar stories and who share similar backgrounds and, um, you know, who all have this, this common goal is just a really great space to be in. And, um, you know, personally, it means a lot to me as somebody who is still growing in my career and, um, you know, trying to um, find a place in the in this career field, right? It's great to be surrounded by that community, but it's just, it's really just empowering to be connected to all of these different individuals. When I was going to say it sounds, you know, you're, you're creating uh, communities where maybe there weren't um, before, or you're expanding communities in, in different ways. And I've got a few different notes here on access. And just if you want, I, and I'm thinking of kind of some of the things that you've done, like these activity packets in the virtual world where you're, you're probably sending out um, packets to families so that people can do things independently. So even if you live in a different part of the country, you have access to something and, and can share th- something across, you know, great distances, but you're still, you know, connected to the outside world. And I was just going to see if you wanted to add anything to access, because I think sometimes um, we may have a narrow focus on what access means. And like you have access to internships, access to community events, um, access to just community in general, whether it's virtual or otherwise, and if you just wanted to add anything to that. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I, um, I guess I would start by saying that some of the beauty of this work is um, just being able to, kind of like our mission states, is be that bridge, right? Be that bridge between communities and being able to connect um, communities, not only with each other who are doing the work, but with, you know, even local organizations and in order to help build like those those types of sustainable relationships too, and and being helping contributing and being part of that bridge is I think really special. Um, but at, you know, at Hispanic Access, ultimately that's what um, that's what access looks like to us, right? It's not just about like handing opportunities to people, which we absolutely do, but it's more so about being that bridge to the resources, you know, being that bridge to um, opportunities for internships, being that bridge to partnerships with land management agencies, um, being that bridge for our community so that we can elevate our community as leaders, um, you know, because we can work on that part and we can work on creating that, those opportunities and that access, but ultimately, um, you know, our, our, our community shows up for itself and we want to see our community showing up for themselves with the proper resources that aren't always readily available. And um, if they're not readily available, like um, folks don't know that they're there. Um, so just being able to be that resource, I think is, is really impactful. It really is. And we are so happy that we had you on today. We're actually running out of time, but is there anything else, any websites, anything else you want to say, just to plug in there in our last few seconds here? 
Yeah, you know, I think that I definitely uh, encourage everyone to check out again the LatinoConservationLeague.com website and get connected to the partners in your area who are, you know, doing this work every day on the ground um, and, you know, just really be able to get involved in, in whatever way is possible. Um, so I, I'd also like to shout out um, Latino Outdoors who actually worked really closely with us for this Latino Conservation Week. Um, by building out like a social media toolkit um, and just, you know, really being a great partner through all of this. Um, I, I guess, you know, the, the final message I would give about Latino Conservation Week is that um, Hispanic access is just is the platform for it. You know, we started, we started the initiative back in 2014, but um, now, you know, it's, when you think about like who owns LCW, it's, it's our communities. It's, built by our communities who are hosting these events and creating these partnerships. And it's truly something that is by our community for our community and something that I hope that our community feels ownership over. And um, I think that's, that's really the beautiful thing about it is just, um, you know, I feel really fortunate to be able to contribute to providing this space for our community to really thrive in the conservation world and, and be able to bring some visibility to our community. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for joining us. Thank you, Bobby, for filling in as host. You did awesome. And I would just double down on thanking Jessica for coming because it's um it's exciting to have you on. You know, uh, conservation is everybody's, and this is uh, w- one week that we can highlight um, that's uh, exciting. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.